Way back on episode 727, I gave you 30 ideas that I had to grow your audience. Today, I asked you for the question of the month, what are you doing to grow your podcast and is it working? Hit it, ladies. The School of Podcasting with Dave Jackson. Podcasting Sense 2005, I am your award-winning Hall of Fame podcast coach, Dave Jackson, thanking you so much for tuning in. If you're new to the show, this is where I help you plan, launch, grow, and monetize your podcast. My website is schoolofpodcasting.com. Use the coupon code LISTENER, that's L-I-S-T-E-N-E-R, when you sign up for either a monthly or yearly subscription. And, you know, I always like to start off the show with either, A, because of my podcast story, and if you can answer that question, and it's, it's simple, because of my podcast, blank. And that blank should probably be something that wouldn't have happened except, well, you have a podcast. So I'm going to play a promo from a longtime supporter, Craig. If you ever hear me say Craig, well, it's because I'm talking about Craig from the Inglaeus podcast. Here's a quick promo. Craig, we've got 30 seconds to tell people why they should listen to our podcast. Well, if you're a Spanish speaker and you want to improve your English, you need to listen to our podcast, Aprender Inglés con Reza y Craig. With 40 years of teaching experience between us, we'll help you improve your grammar, your vocabulary, and your pronunciation. And your listening comprehension. Aprender Inglés con Reza y Craig. I'm Craig. And I'm Reza. Listen to us at inglespodcast.com. Well done, old chap. Right. Thank you, gentlemen. And yes, it is question of the month time. What are you doing to grow your podcast and does it work? And this was somewhat inspired by a question that Scott Johnson from What Was That Like podcast had asked on Facebook in terms of what was maybe one of the weirder things you've done to grow your podcast. And I'm going to share some of those answers a little later. But first, let's start it off with Scott from What Was That Like? Hey, Dave, this is Scott Johnson. And what am I doing to promote my podcast? Well, I'm advertising my podcast on other shows that have a similar audience. I'm trading promos with other shows. I'm posting each new episode on Twitter. I'm posting the new episode details on Reddit, since my podcast has its own subreddit. I'm sending out new episode info to my email list, and I post on Facebook. Every time I release a new episode, I post that new episode information in a very particular format to over 85 different Facebook groups. And that's not spamming. Every one of those is in line with the rules for that group. And actually, these are just a few of the ways I've promoted my show. Now, your second question was, is it working? And I'd have to say yes. Through these various methods, I can verify that I get new listeners from almost all of them. It's just a matter of doing the right type of promotion and doing a lot of it over an extended period of time. My show is not yet four years old, and later this year, we'll hit three million downloads. You just have to know what work to do and be willing to do that work consistently. My podcast is called What Was That Like?, And each episode is a conversation with a regular person who's been through some type of extremely unusual situation, such as being shot in a mass shooting, surviving a plane crash, getting bitten by a rattlesnake, or getting a deal on Shark Tank. Those are a few of the past episodes. The guest comes on the show and tells the story of what happened firsthand. It's on every podcast app, including Spotify, or you can hear it at the website, whatwasthatlike.com. 
Thank you so much, Scott. And I swear I interviewed Scott about how he is doing promo swaps. And I looked for that on the School of Podcasting website, and this is where I'm reminded just how bad WordPress search is. But what Scott did is he found another show. And remember, you want another show, if you want to do a promo swap, that either shares the same topic or the same audience. So in Scott's case, what was that like? While it's not a true crime, it is true stories of really weird situations. And if you think about it, a true crime is kind of a weird situation. And so he found another show. Both of them do a bi-weekly show because they put a lot of work into their shows. And so what was great about that is they were able to basically swap episodes and they both introduced the other episode. It was really cool. And that's how you do it. And that took some time, by the way. That's not something where they Googled it, found it. They really made sure it was a good fit. And that's the key is it's... It's a rifle type of marketing as opposed to what I call shotgun marketing, where you just kind of spray and pray. Hi, Dave. I'm Spencer, and I host The Recovery Show, where those of us who have been affected by someone else's alcoholism or addiction share our stories of recovery. The show is centered on the 12 steps of recovery in the Al-Anon program. Sometimes we take a deep dive into a topic like boundaries or detachment. Sometimes one person shares their own story of what it was like, what happened, and what it's like now. And in this way, we support each other in our own paths to recovery. You can find us at therecovery.show. You ask, what am I doing to grow my audience, and do I think it is working? Well, that's a tricky question for me, because one of the traditions of anonymous programs is that we don't advertise. We say we grow by attraction rather than promotion. I started this podcast with a couple of friends almost 10 years ago, and in the early times we had just a few listeners, probably mostly our own friends. At that time, we asked people to rate and review and to share it with their friends. Almost all of my audience growth has come from word of mouth, from one person sharing it with another person. What am I doing now to grow my audience? Almost nothing more than asking my listeners to share it with their friends. But what is amazing is the growth that has happened. The number of listens for an episode in the first 30 days is now between 15 and 20,000. When I ask Google to search for The Recovery Show, my website is the first hit. And where did that growth come from? It came from providing value to my listeners so that they will tell others about it. And I want to say thank you for the School of Podcasting because I have learned so much from you since I started listening early in my podcasting journey, and I'm still learning things today. Thank you so much, Spencer, and I'll have links to all of these, by the way, out at schoolofpodcasting.com slash 816, and that is something, I watched the YouTube video yesterday, because I've been kind of researching SEO, and there was a guy explaining how backlinks are really like people are spending all sorts of money to get backlinks because it's supposed to boost your SEO. And he explained how he was getting thousands of backlinks. And you know how he did it? He wrote stuff that was so good that people linked to it. He goes, it's not easy, but he explained how he did it. And it was in a short period of time. And it was about knowing what your audience wants and give it to them. And again, that sounds simple and it is, but it's not easy. Hey Dave and school of podcasting listeners. This is Brandon Lovinger, answering your question of the month for February 2022. I'm the host of the Start 100K podcast, the podcast designed to help people get to their first $100,000 of net worth. 
and beyond. I discuss personal finance topics centered around getting started and staying motivated toward financial security and independence. You can find me at my website at www.start100k.com or email me at podcast at start100k.com. So as far as what I'm doing to grow my audience, the number one thing I'm trying to do is work on quality, messaging, and branding. I'm slowly iterating and getting a little bit better. I now have a podcast intro and outro, and I have been slowly working on audio quality. I'm getting a little bit better and getting more comfortable on the mic. So I'm just kind of building my technical chops, so to speak, and trying to create more engaging content. That's my number one strategy. Just make it something that people will want to share. And I think that is working. I've noticed a few additional shares on social media, and those episodes tend to do better than some of my other ones. So I'm just going to keep doing that for the most part. The other thing that I've been trying is the targeted daily engagement that Kevin Schmidlin talked about on your show the other day. And I haven't been doing that very long, so it's kind of hard to tell, but I'm not too sure how much of that I'm going to continue to do. I just, I keep getting a bunch of spam DMs and things like that. So I guess we'll see. But overall, I feel like I've been kind of getting sucked in a vortex of social media and not really getting as much out of it. So we'll see. I'm going to give it a little more time and see what happens. The other thing is I have started a Facebook page and Facebook group, and that hasn't really gotten too much traction, but I have started to see some action in there. So I'm going to keep it going and see what happens. It doesn't actually cost me anything to keep that going, so it doesn't hurt, I don't think. The last thing that I've been doing to try and grow my audience is kind of start working on some more marketing and my website, get a little more content put there. I actually created some bookmarks with a QR code to send people to the website that I've been slipping in personal finance books at the library and local bookstores. I'm not really sure if that's doing anything, but at a minimum, I figure it gives people something useful. You always need a bookmark when you buy a new book, right? Overall, I think what I'm doing is working. I'm meeting my main objective, which is to get more downloads every month than the month prior. And so far, I've almost doubled my downloads month to month. So I'm only a few months in. So that may just be just in general, just kind of how that starting trajectory is. I don't know if it'll stay like that forever. But regardless, I'm just trying to get at least one more download than the month before. Once again, this is Brandon from Start100K. And you can find me at www.start100k.com. I hope this was helpful, and thank you for everything you do. Have a great March. Thank you, Brendan. Yeah, that bookmark thing, that is something that, uh, well, you'll find out a lot of people have found that idea. Hi, Dave. It's Heather from Watching Netflix Without You answering the question of the month. What am I doing to grow my podcast, and is it working? Here are some of the things. Social media posts of the, hey, here's my new episode variety having other podcasters on as guests, paying Facebook to advertise my audiograms, and obsessively trying to get into every last possible podcast directory. I am currently getting one-third the downloads that I was getting five or six months ago, so no, it's not growing my podcast. Luckily, I've been listening to the School of Podcasting, and things are changing. 
Here are the two most important things going forward for my podcast. Continued education on podcasting so I can figure out and learn how to make my podcast really good and continue to get feedback and tweak. I got feedback from several people, not just mom and dad, who said they really like the dynamic between me and my brother when he's on the podcast. I got curious, looked over my popular episodes, and wouldn't you know it, he's in the majority of them with me. So he's going to come on as my co-host, which is going to be awesome. But this led me to a really huge epiphany. Firstly, oh my gosh, having guests on my podcast is shrinking my podcast. But secondly, the reason why is because I don't feel comfortable enough to be myself with somebody that I don't really know very well. So that was kind of eye-opening for me. And the other thing was I wasn't being at all selective about who was coming on. Even if I didn't really think they were a good fit, my podcast is so small, I felt like I couldn't really say no. So there was that as well. Uh, time will tell. Thank you, Dave, for everything you do. I'm Heather. My podcast is called Watching Netflix Without You. If you love Netflix original movies, if you appreciate unpretentious, unscripted discussions about them, and if you're the kind of person who knows that despite our political differences, we can unite over the love of a good movie or the abject loathing of a terrible one, then this is the podcast for you. Website is wnwypodcast.com. Heather, thank you so much, and I appreciate you being so open and honest about that. What's really cool about this is thanks to Because of My Podcast. There we go. We do have a Because of My Podcast story. Heather is now a member of the School of Podcasting, and I don't know if you know this, but when you're a member of the School of Podcasting, you can sign up for a quick 15-minute consult. Now, you and I both know that podcasters are horrible at getting to the point, so they're typically longer than 15 minutes. But we we're talking about her podcast, and she said she's going to change something in that she tried to get a bunch of episodes recorded ahead of time. And the problem that caused is by the time that episode airs, all the water cooler talk about that movie has subsided a little bit. So now she's going to look at what is the top movie based on their rankings? You've seen that in Netflix. And that's the movie they're going to watch and then release as soon as possible to capitalize on everybody else talking about that movie. She's a smart cookie, and she's one of the brilliant minds that is now in my private Facebook mastermind group. Hi, Dave. This is Shane Whaley over at the Tourpreneur Podcast. Most tourpreneurs, that's tour operators and experience providers, have to figure out how to build a business on their own through trial and error. You don't really go to school to know how to run a walking business or a food, food tour. So our mission is to pull back the curtain on how tour operators start and grow their business. So how am I growing the show and is it working? The biggest thing I have done with my show is a Facebook group. Started it a couple of years ago, we're almost at three and a half thousand, very high engagement. That has helped me grow the show because I get ideas. I get content ideas. I'll give you an example of that. Someone came on the group yesterday and said, hey, I want to start a food tour in my town. How do you go about approaching bars and restaurants and eateries? Great bit of content there. There's a whole show I can put together. And immediately what was cool was fellow tour operators started answering in that thread, hey, you do this, that, and the other, or I recommend this strategy. So now, of course, I've approached those people and say, hey, why don't we get on a... Uh, on a podcast episode, and we can share this with many other people. So that helps me on the content because it's what the audience is looking for. And hopefully, because I know, even though I have three and a half thousand 
operators in my group. Not all of them are listening to the podcast. Uh, I wish they were. So that's definitely working. It takes a lot of work. It's like growing a garden, you know, or growing vegetables. You can't just plant the seeds and walk away. It's daily attention, creating engaging content. The other thing I've been trying, uh, brand new, because I don't like being on video, is Instagram Reels. And the reason for that is it's very difficult for me to get in front of my audience. Tour operators, it's a very fragmented industry. You can have somebody running a punk rock tour of New York City or somebody running a Charles Dickens walking tour of London. How do you get in front of that audience? And what I realized was a lot of them are on Instagram rather than Facebook under their business name because tours, activities, experiences is very visual. So I thought, you know what? Let's learn this uh, Reels thing. And I've been playing around with it. And uh, one of my Reels got three and a half thousand plays, which really surprised me. And uh, it's fun. It's It's been fun to put that together. Is it working? I don't know. But I, I tell you what, David, I'll come back in a couple of months and I'll let you know if I was able to increase engagement. So uh, wish you and all your listeners all the very best. Thanks for all that you do. Love listening to the shoe, 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 the shoe, <laughs> the shoe every week, the Dave Jackson shoe. Um, thanks for all your hard work. Thank you, Shane. And that's how you handle a little boo-boo. You laugh and you keep on going. No big deal. Next up from Poland. And you know, I just get giddy when I get people. We already had Craig from Spain and now we got somebody from Poland. And again, podcasting is a global audience. Hi, Dave. This is Jędrzej from Poland, from Poznań. Poznań is, they say, the capital city of Polish podcasting. My answer to your question, and it is working, is Content Machine. As we understand it, Content Machine is sharing the same content with different forms. We have been doing our podcast for three years. Podcast is called Escola Mobile, where we talk to CEOs how they boost their um, IT business, their software houses, using technology and the knowledge. So every podcast is the live podcast. We we use StreamYard, we stream to Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube. After every podcast, I have the audio version. I post on Spotify and Apple Podcast plus every other podcast app. Then I start working with the video version where I pick the best parts. I make bite-sized chunks, subtitled, and post those video bite-sized chunks to um, social media, to Facebook, to LinkedIn. Social media love video, and video subtitles gives a lot of boost to, to this video, so we reach quite good numbers. The third thing is that from this one podcast, from this one episode, we also make text. This is not only the transcription, but also a blog post we post on our site, escola.pl. When editing the podcast, I write down the most important things, the, uh, the ideas, and then I pass it to our copywriter, and the copywriter makes a great post. For example, how to or 10 things after conversation with XYZ. Then we post it on our blog, add podcast player. And from one episode, we have at least three 
versions of content and our viewers, listeners, readers can choose the form of the content they like. And it is working because after one year of streaming podcast, we really do not have to introduce ourselves when we, for example, invite somebody to, to podcast. And the funny thing is that a lot of people in Poland know my voice, especially in the grocery store. Yes, yes, I heard your voice. You have that podcast, Escola Mobile. Love your show. Greetings from Poland. Yeah, NJ, that is a because of my podcast story. Because of my podcast, I'm at the grocery store and somebody goes, hey, do you do that podcast thing? That's pretty cool. Hello, Dave. This is Fred Castaneda, your buddy from the podcast shows called podcastreporter.com. And I also have another couple of shows, one called thestrugglingbiz.com, as well as 2030podcast.com, and a fun podcast that's just comedy for its comedy's sake. It's just fun to do called thegrumpyoldbears.com. I've taken to increase my audience by repurposing content. Yeah, repurposing content, which should be evergreen from my flagship podcast shows that have been over several years old, anywhere from five years to even 15 years. Uh, let me explain. One such example was repurposing two of my interviews with you, Dave Jackson, in which we discussed podcast conferences and pod camps, as well as legal entities and podcast conferences for podcasters. And we did this in 2007 and 2013. I just recently repurposed them and have grown my audience that way. Now, this was on the podcast show called the podcastreporter.com. It seems that many newer podcasters enjoyed this content from these since they were definitely not in the podosphere during these early days of yesteryear. And I've done this also for my other podcast show, thestrugglingbiz.com. Came over from repurposed episodes of The Struggling Entrepreneur. But I have not done this for newer shows like 2030podcast.com, which is more contemporary, or the comedy podcast, grumpyoldbears.com. So this formula has allowed me to get new members of my audience, thanks to evergreen content, and also repurposing interviews with celebrities like yourself, even though they're 15 years old. Anyway, thanks for everything, Dave. And this is your buddy, Sergeant Fred, signing off with, again, repurposed content to increase my audience. Airborne, all the way. Thank you, Sergeant Fred. I do something similar. I have a shorter version of this show. If you like, man, that's a lot of Dave. If you want a nine-minute or less version of this show, check out podcastconsultant.com. That's the website. The show is called Your Podcast Consultants. It's small lessons with big value, and they're all nine minutes or less. Hi, Dave. This is Joe Schwartz from the 222 Paranormal Podcast, of course, found at 222paranormal.com. My sister and I do a weekly podcast on all things paranormal. Our biggest growth method is to get out and become vendors and speakers at as many paranormal conventions as we can. We actually set up our equipment and do live interviews on the fly at the conventions. Of course, I do send out notifications to other speakers and vendors at the show, letting them know that we're going to be there. I also send out emails to the conferences themselves, seeing if they would want to exchange ad space on our show for free vendor spots. I explained to them that having us there brings another aspect of entertainment to their convention. Of course, this is another good way to get the celebrities that are in our niche on our show. But we've also had people just randomly come up to the table and tell their story. We actually grow a crowd in front of our booth while we're doing interviews, which gets people to notice the show also. We've also hosted things like a Bigfoot convention, meet and greets, and ghost hunts. Of 
course, we also wear our brand clothing. I can't tell you how many times we've been out in public and people come up to us asking about our name because of the 222. Everybody has a story. Other methods that I've tried and they work okay is like Facebook ads. But I still feel getting out face-to-face is the best method to grow your audience when you can. Of course, begging doesn't hurt either. Please, please listen to our show. But anyhow, thanks, Dave, for all the work that you do. And thanks for helping me on a few questions on lips and support. And hopefully we'll see you soon at an event. Absolutely, Joe. Thank you so much. Speaking of that, March is picking up. And I'm glad because the School of Podcasting kind of took a hit with COVID. I didn't realize how much both content and customers I get by attending these conferences. And that's where it's kind of cool that I work for Libsyn because I get to go there and work a booth. So I will be in Nashville March 7th through the 8th at the Spark Podcast Conference. I will then be also in Nashville uh, March 8th through the through the 11th. So basically the 7th through the 11th, I'll be in Nashville. The second one is the NRB, National Religious Broadcasters Convention. That's a huge one. And I'm actually speaking on podcast monetization. Speaking of that, let's take another quick tangent. ProfitFromYourPodcast.com slash book will get you a signed copy of my book, Profit From Your Podcast. If you happen to be at NRB or Spark, I will have copies of that book if you want one signed. Uh, in March 23rd through the 26th, I'll be in Los Angeles at Podcast Evolutions. Looking forward to that. That's always a fun time. And then off in May, I will be down in Orlando, Florida, hanging out at PodFest. That's going to be fun. That is May 26th through the 29th. Hi, this is Mark Vinette from the History of North America podcast, where I explore the wonderful and tragic stories of North America's inhabitants, heroes, villains, leaders, environment, and geography at markvinette.com. What am I doing to grow my audience? Well, Dave, I'm doing a bit of everything including being proactive on multiple social media platforms, participating in online history chats, clubs, groups, and networks, producing video versions of each episode, running a membership platform and subscription service, and finally, trading shoutouts with other podcasters. By the way, if anyone listening wishes to explore cross-promotional opportunities to mutually grow our audiences, let me know at markvinette.com. And Mark's last name is spelled V-I-N-E-T. And again, markvinette.com. Thank you, Mark. This is the real Kevin Richardson of the Dad Joke King podcast. I've effectively used TikTok and Instagram reels to send people to my podcast. I tell dad jokes. It's not rocket science. Dad jokes do translate well over short videos, and I do have videos on both TikTok and Instagram with over 2 million views. People do find me on TikTok. They click on my website link and they find my podcast. I do think people should explore ways to use TikTok and Reels to send people to their podcast. It does work for me. This is the real Kevin Richardson, and you can find me at dadjokeking.com. Dadjokeking.com. And so what am I doing to promote my podcast? I think the biggest thing I do on a regular basis is I hit a lot of Facebook groups. I hit Quora. I look at Reddit. I don't comment a lot on Reddit, but I look over there. But I'm really uh, on Facebook a lot, answering a lot of questions. And when I answer a question, I try to do a really in-depth question and really answer that. 
And I've had a few people say that they see me over there in those groups. And then when they go to Google podcasting, I often, again, come up and they're like, man, I just can't escape this guy. And that's kind of my strategy just to make sure that wherever you go, you know, when you hear the word podcasting, think school of podcasting. That's really what I want to do. But as I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, that Scott Johnson had asked a question, what was the weirdest thing? So let's go outside the box, shall we? The first person, and I don't have these, uh, these people that answered this question, I don't have their podcast. So if you Google something like Christopher Jordan podcast, hopefully you'll find out what his podcast is. Now, speaking of this, this is a pet peeve of mine. If whatever social thing you're on, TikTok, Instagram, whatever, make sure there is a link back to your podcast because there are people like me that are going to go, hey, that person seems really cool. And when you click on their name and you go over to take a deeper dive and make a stronger connection, there's nothing there. And I mean, when I mean nothing, I mean nothing there. And then it's like, then you have to Google their name podcast and it just, no. So whatever platform you're on, in your profile, if you have one link or many, I always say put a link back to where? Your website. So Christopher Jordan said, I set myself on fire with a professional stuntman um, <laughs> to close out episode 350 of my show before I rebranded. I don't think we're going to talk about rebranding today, but I am going to be rebranding one of my shows, so I thought I might do that with your help. Jen Ed says, I've written short songs on the ukulele and played them to promote specific episodes. Jay Hall, my podcast focuses on books and writing in and about Oklahoma. So my daughter and I went on a book crawl of eight OKC indie uh, bookstores and posted Instagram updates throughout the day. By the time we got to the last few shops, they knew we were coming. So here again, if you think about it, we are in an entertainment business, right? We are in podcasting. And we have our little niche topic and we're looking for people who are hungry for information. And you'll notice the phrase bookstores come up a lot here because people in bookstores are hungry for content and our content most of the time is free. Jeff Butcher says DoorDash and put a promo sticker on the bag. So that's interesting. Uh, I uh, commented on this and I also I used to travel more than I do now and instead of sitting in a hotel room bored, I would look over and go, oh, look, there's a mall or whatever. And I would go into the bookstores. I would always put the my business card. And I had a business card, not with my contact information, but it was like the Logical Weight Loss Podcast. Find it at LogicalLoss.com, available in such and such. And I would put it on page 44 because at the time, that's how old I was. Back in the day. So, And that way, if I ever came back to that town... And went to put my business card on page 44. If it was still there, I, I know I'd already, I'd already hit in that uh, book. So that was something I always put it on the same page. Uh, Caitlin Donovan says, I wear a T-shirt with my podcast logo on it at almost all networking events. And I know there's kind of a weird thing because it's self-promotion. I actually got to help Ricky Rackman, for those of you that weren't a headbangers ball. He's a guy who was on MTV. And because I was wearing my shirt at an event, he's like, hey, I even listened to that guy. And he points at my shirt and I go, Ricky, I am that guy. So anytime I go out in public, I'm always wearing a school of podcasting shirt. Faith McQuinn says, I made postcards saying, let me add a little drama to your life with links to my shows. I left stacks at truck stops 
fitness centers, and doctor's offices. This, I thought, was brilliant. Another place I would add to that, laundromats. Because think about it, truck stops, our truckers have nothing but time on the road. They're great listeners. When I used to ride with my dad, all he had was a CB radio. And that will make you lose your mind after about eight hours of... It's like, Dad, do we do we not have an AM radio in here? Nope. Uh, fitness centers are people are always... If you look at a fitness center, everybody in there has earbuds. Doctor's offices, we all show up on time, but then have to sit there for 45 minutes waiting for the doctor to invite us in. And laundromats, those are all places that are bored out of their gourd. And you could just, again, put business cards. Now, I used to do this. I had CDs back in the day. I did a podcast for musicians, and I made a CD, and it only had like one... A song on it, and it was about, I don't know, four minutes long, and it was quick hitting, and it basically, the CD, I had printed a label, I actually bought a CD uh, printer, where I could print directly on the CD, not a label, because I didn't want somebody to, you know, put a CD into their, their CD player, and then have the label, like, eat it, you know, and that whole nine yards, but it was basically, here's a bunch of stuff, and then I had my website on the CD, and then some people, again, this is kind of a back in the day thing because who, if you're like, what's a CD? But if you had a rental car, you would put the CD in the CD player so that the next person that rented the car turned it on. Yeah, that was another one. Amy Grant Tilk says, my podcast is about geocaching, which is an outdoor based treasure hunt game. And part of the game, there are items called trackables that people place in geocaches to be moved around to different geocaches. And when I own a trackable, I make a keychain with a QR code that loads to my podcast website that attach to the trackable. So that's kind of cool. Go to where your audience is. That's what I always say. Go to your audience and let them know about your podcast. The one and only Daniel J. Lewis from the Audacity to Podcast and My Podcast Reviews, link in the show notes. I once acquired an abandoned podcast domain and forwarded their feed to my similar audience. I made sure to welcome and explain the transition for all the new listeners and created content I thought they would like. That one, I think, almost takes the cake. That's pretty cool. Uh, Ed Cunard said, went very old school with business cards and with a karaoke-themed podcast, being out at karaoke bars works well for spreading the word. Again, go who is my audience and go to where they are. He said, we also turned our theme song given to us by a musician friend into a karaoke view version through Fiverr. So we've done our theme song in places already familiar with us. He says, I'm still waiting to surprise said musician with it as he personally gets really nervous doing karaoke, but I get the feeling we can hit him on stage with it. So they go around and do their theme song. Kim Newlove from the Pharmacist Voice I know that one because she's a member of the School of Podcasting. She said, I created an image in Canva that serves as a business card for my podcast so I could bring it up on my phone and show it quickly to others. So think about that. Somebody goes, you have a podcast? You go to your photos, you bring it up, and it's her picture, her album art, but at the bottom it's got a QR code so that they can just point their phone at it and boom, you can program that QR code to go right to whatever website you want. Jamie Rice says, I gave the employees, listen to this, I gave the employees at my local Starbucks, because I'm there every day, branded t-shirts and stickers for Christmas last year. So if there's some place that when you walk in and they're all like, hey, Dave's here again, can't believe it. For me, that would be Chipotle. 
I live at Chipotle. Maybe buy them all some shirts. Jay Lee said, now here's another thing. I mean, before we get off of uh, Jamie Rice here, think about that. How many people, how many customers at Christmas walked in with swag for the Starbucks employees? If nothing else, they're going to tell somebody else. You're not going to believe what happened today. This guy from the Blah 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 podcast gave me a shirt. So it's an interesting thing, and it, it, I, I guarantee you every time he goes in to get coffee, they remember that guy. Jay Lee says, it's not really unusual, but I have been connected with indie musicians and singers to feature their music. It's a nice win-win. I promote them, and in turn, they're going to promote my podcast too. Bingo. Eleanor Wagner says, I put my cards in all books. I donate to the free library. Again, we love that idea. It's easy. Uh, The thing that's hard is I almost at one point was going to have business cards made that said something like schoolofpodcasting.com slash card to get something, some sort of giveaway or whatever. So I could actually judge, is, is this doing anything? Right? The whole point of this is, is this working? So sometimes you might want to put up a, a so some sort of website. Like I know I have, when I put a link in YouTube, it goes to schoolofpodcasting.com slash YouTube, and then it just redirects to the front page of my website. But that way I can track how much traffic am I getting from YouTube. And I can also get that probably in Google Analytics. One last one here, Julie Stewart Hedenborg says, I have wedged my podcast card in all sorts of crazy places and ask God to use it. So bathroom stalls, lots of other random places. That's all I got. <laughs> so it's a business cards are handy. And I actually have one. I got one for because I knew I was going out in March to different places. And I got one from Link. It's L-I-N-Q. And if you go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash L-I-N-Q, that is my affiliate link. And it is a business card, but it looks like a credit card. It's plastic. On the back, it has a QR code. And if I am near you and I I say, oh, here, let me see your phone. And if I just touch the back of your phone, there's some sort of little chip in this thing. And it will take you to a website where you can then subscribe to my show. You can contact me. And I have complete control over what appears on that website. So a lot of people, I know a lot of people like Linktree. Uh, I like this because, A, I got the cool credit card that goes with it. Uh, If you don't want the cool credit card thing, you could just have the website. But here's the thing, and I want to say it's a whopping $5 a month. I can get stats to see how often people click on those links. I'm not a huge fan of that strategy in general because I want to send them to my website, not some sort of link version of my website. But the fact that if you want to see one, go to powerofpodcasting.com. And that's what it looks like. And I can customize that on the fly from my phone. So if I'm at an event and now I want to spotlight some other stuff, I can easily update that website right from my phone. So that's another uh, strategy I'm using. And again, I'm not super crazy about that because I should just send them to schoolofpodcasting.com slash subscribe. But by using this, I'm also promoting some of my other shows. So I went out to my Evernote where occasionally people will send in an answer to the question of the month and go, hey, this would be a good question, I feel, for the question of the month. They also have asked this on my Facebook page. And I want to thank Craig Van Zlyk and Carla and Kale Nelson. They both kind of hinted at the same thing. So here's the question of the month for March. 
I will need this by March 25th, 2022. And the question has to deal with uh, keeping up your motivation. So however you want to word this, I guess we'll, we'll word it as how often do you think about quitting your podcast and what keeps your motivation levels up, especially during slow or no growth times? Because we talked about today growing your podcast. What if it's not growing? What keeps you going? Ooh, that's almost like a bumper sticker. When your podcast's not growing, what keeps you going? And this is where I want to make sure everybody understands this. Go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash question because I've been using SpeakPipe and there's nothing wrong with SpeakPipe, but if you're new to the show, I like to play with uh, toys. So we're going to use Pod Inbox for this. And so I will set that up at schoolofpodcasting.com slash question. Now, the other reason I say that is what if you're listening to an episode from a couple months ago? It's the same website, schoolofpodcasting.com slash question. No matter what time it is, you can go there and there will be a question there for you to answer. So I need that again by March 25th, 2022. When your podcast is not growing, what keeps you going? If you are new to the show, I like to try new things, new strategies all the time. And if you're looking for some honest feedback on the start of your show, the next 20 people that go to podcastrodeoshow.com slash review get to name their own price for a level one review. Check it out, podcastrodeoshow.com slash review. I listen to the beginning of your podcast and give you an honest first impression. Don't forget to use the coupon code listener when you sign up at schoolofpodcasting.com slash start. That will save you 20%. And of course, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. Coming in the future, I'm interviewing someone from Audrey. It's a website that's based on podcast collaboration. So it's not yet another podcast guesting kind of site. So I'm trying to find out like, what's the difference with that? And I've also got an interview with one of the members of the School of Podcasting. And this is going to be great because it's going to give you some insights of how this person felt before they started their podcast. And now they're a couple months into it. And what is it like afterwards? Because when you hear this person's background, you're going to go, wait a minute. And they were nervous about starting a podcast. Yeah, they were. And so I'm really looking forward to that interview that is coming up. And of course, anything you would like to talk about, I'm always open to hear any kind of suggestions. And I know a lot of people go, ah, you probably already covered it. Ah, maybe not. Schoolofpodcasting.com slash contact is where you can go. In fact, everything is out there. Schoolofpodcasting.com. You can sign up for my newsletter. So if you want even more, Dave, you can do that. You can contact me. You can answer the question of the month. You can see what gear I'm using. You can see my list of affiliate links. It is all there. One website, schoolofpodcasting.com. Thanks so much for tuning in. Until next week, take care. God bless. Class is dismissed. If you like what you this i'm going to try indie 
Pod box. What the hell is the name of that thing? I forgot to mention this. I'm also excited. I'm going to be interviewing Tamson Webster, one of my favorite books of 2022. And I realize we're only two months in, but really this is got me giddy. I talked about this, I think last week it's called find your red thread, make your big ideas irresistible. And Tamson has agreed to be interviewed. So you'll hear me talking about this book a lot. It's really got me thinking. So that's coming in the future as well. And since I got your ear, you're still here. I just want to say thanks. We're 43 minutes in. Thanks so much. If you know somebody who's kind of struggling with growing their podcast, can you do me a favor? Go to your app and click on the share button and share it with at least one person.